we worship before you the king who sits upon the throne your throne is a fountain fountain of life thank you Lord we come under your dominion that reign reign of life you're a, a different kind of king you reign differently those who are your subjects live because of you by following you not lording it over you don't lord it over anyone but your throne is a throne of an invitation calling to all and sundry everywhere to come to come to come to you you O thou giver of life the eternal fountain of life. We honor you this evening. We ask, let your rivers flow this way tonight. Let your waters flow to in our direction. In this, allow our hearts, the gathering of our hearts to to gain approval, approval before you in your sight. Father, for your life to flow, for your rivers to flow, for your waters to flow to every heart, I pray. Come and quench thirsts, satisfy the thirsty soul. Pour your waters upon the parched grounds of our heart. Grant us times of refreshing. In your presence. Thank you, Lord. Our Holy Father, we bless you. Come and tune us, tune our heart, tune our attention to your wavelength of speaking this evening. We want to move out of this place, out of the wretched elements, to come up into the ground of blessing, into the realm of the Spirit, Lord, where you have prepare a table for us. Let this feast be a feast of the blood of your son and of his body, which is broken for us, which is given to us to feast upon. Pray, let us, help us to feast, Lord, this holy mountain. Thank you for the move of your spirit that's already at work. Let it be, let it be on the increase, oh God, to minister to every heart and to bless every soul. Thank you, Father. We give all the praise, all the praise, all the honor, glory to you, oh, eternal God, eternal King. Worship you. Worship you. We worship you. Worship you. Our Father in heaven, we give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you. I ask Lord to bring utterance this evening to 
bring description that will be spiritually tangible or describe your matter, the things of your heart which you want to share with us. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise. You said that with joy we withdraw waters out of the wells of salvation. Grant us such joy tonight to fetch out of your, your waters, of your rivers. Thank you, our Father. We give glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I think, Jimmy, while you were praying, you, there's some things you said about um, about love, loving, um, praise God, um, that love, I think Jesus called it a commandment, commandment of love, right, which we ought to keep, and um, love is a, um, um, Jesus, you know, Jesus summarized the commandment of love, praise God. Um, let's see, first of all, let's see the way Apostle Paul put it in, um, in Romans. <coughs> Praise God. Romans, let's see, Romans chapter... Romans 14. Amen. Let's see Romans, Romans 13. Praise God. Um, verse, verse 7, right? It says, Render therefore to all their dues and tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom what? Custom. And it says, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Praise God. Owe no man anything but to do what? To love one another. For he that loveth another hath what? Fulfilled the law. Praise God. Oh no man anything but to do what? But to love one another. For he that loveth another hath what? Hath fulfilled the law. Praise God. For, for these thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. If there be any other word, commandment, it is briefly comprehended 
in this saying, saying what? Namely, thou shalt do what? Love thy what? Thy neighbor as what? As thyself. Praise God. So, um, so Paul here is, um, is teaching, speaking about the commandment, he speaks about this commandment as a debt, right, which um, ought to be paid, right? He spoke about it as a debt that, what, that ought to be paid. He said, no, owe no man anything but to what? To love one another, for he that loveth one another has, fought, has fulfilled the law. Praise God. It means that love is actually a debt that you owe, that every man owes to each other. Glory to Jesus. And it's not just a debt, it's also a, a commandment. The commandment which the Lord Jesus gave. Praise God. Um, Jesus, amen, let's see. Thank you, Father. Uh, you know, Jesus, there's a way Jesus spoke about all these things. Amen. Amen. Let's see where, where they asked him which is the greatest commandment. What verse is that? 22, right? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Verse what? Verse 36. Amen. Okay. Before this one, there's another place. We'll come, we'll come here. You can just put your hand here. In That's Matthew 22, right? Okay. Mm. Then there's a place where Jesus said, in New Commandment. That's John, sorry, that's not Matthew. John 13. Yeah, so that was before it flowed into 14. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. John 13, verse... 34, right? You see that? It says, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also do what? Love one another. And it says, by this shall 
all men know that ye are my what? Disciples, if ye, if ye have love one to another. Praise God. So Jesus is calling this um, a commandment, but he's saying that this commandment is a new what? A new, a new commandment. Praise God. He calls it what? A new commandment. Amen. But when you go to, something is happening here. Amen. Um, praise God. I call it a new commandment. When you go to that um, Matthew 22. Um, let's see it again. Let's read from verse 35. There's then one of them which was a lawyer asked him a question, tempting him, and saying, Master, what, which is the great commandment in the law? Praise God. And then Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That this is the first and the, he calls it the first and the word, the great commandment. So when you say it's clear that first here is not speaking about the enumeration of the commandment according to how Moses gave it in Genesis, right? Um, when Moses, when God gave it to Moses and Moses gave it to the people, there were ten in number. Exodus chapter 20, if I'm not mistaken, right? He began to, you can count them, there are 10 commandments uh, which God gave to him, which he gave to the people. Um, but here, God, um, sorry, Jesus spoke about first and then second. Praise God. The, the first and then what? The second, the first and the second. So he's, Jesus is using another numbering sense to number the commandments. Phrase Jesus. And so the one, and when he said this, the second is like unto the first, that word like unto the first means it's of the same kind of. Um, it's from the same idea. It's how there's a likeness about the first and the second. Praise God. And so the, the way, the numbering of the commandment, um, and the, there's an interesting thing, you see, the mind of Jesus and the mind of Paul, you've seen both of them coming together, right, in the Bible. It's almost as if the same sense that Jesus is using, that's the same sense that Paul was using in terms of how they, how they look at the commandment, right? The, the Ten Commandments. So they got to a point where they stopped seeing those commandments as ten, that there's a kind of a, a mind that summarizes the commandment and, and is a spiritual mind that to, to see them as actually two commandments, right? And it was Paul who clarified it, that 
actually, they are divided into five, five. Right, if you go to that Romans, let's go back to Romans chapter 13. Praise God. Romans 13, yeah, verse 7, says, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor, owe no man anything but to love one another, right? For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. So he begins to name, to number them, right? There's Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's one. Thou shalt not kill. That's two. Thou shalt not steal. Three. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Four. And then thou shalt not bear, shalt not covet. Five. Right? So Paul numbered five of them. Then he says that, and he says, if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying. Namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You see that? So Paul is saying that um, when it comes to commandment, he's from where he was speaking from, that there is there's one commandment that summarizes everything about this way of speaking, which is, speak, is speaking about a commandment about the debt which men owe to another. Right, is a debt which men owe to to another, or another here is also neighbor, because he said it in verse nine, that thou shalt love thy what neighbor as thyself. Praise God. And if you go to Exodus twenty, you see. Let's check it. Exodus twenty, you see that all these five things, which he mentioned are the last five, right? He didn't speak about the first five. Exodus 20. Praise God. So you see the first, the first five. For, okay, if you go from the first five, right, said, from the beginning, it says, And God speak all these words, saying, That I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Then the first commandment is, Thou shalt have no other word, gods before me. Praise God. Then it's the same. Verse 4 is explaining that, you know, more. No grieving image and all of that. Praise God. Then thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Do you see that? That's another one. Then remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. That's how many now? Is that three or four? Four. Then honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the earth. That is five. So if you count from the beginning to verse 12. That's five commandments, right? Amen. But this, all these commandments are not your debts to your neighbor. 
their debt you owe to God. Right? Everything is about God. It's about you shall have no other God before me. Right? Name of the Lord in vain, not taking it in vain. Then the Sabbath day, which is the day of his rest. Praise God. Honoring your father and what? Your mother. Praise God. Praise Jesus. So, but after that, the next five, it now begins, thou shalt not kill, shalt not commit adultery, shalt not steal, shalt not bear false witness, and shalt not covet. Those five are the ones that Paul mentioned, right? In Romans chapter, in Romans 13, Praise Jesus. Let's go back to Romans 13. It says, O no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear what? False witness. Thou shalt not covet. That's what we all read. We read just now. That if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying. So it is, it is briefly. That word briefly means summarized. Right? It, is, it is briefly summarized in this saying, namely, thou shalt love who? thy neighbor as thyself. So, and at this point, he didn't speak about the first five at all. He said all of them are summarized here. So it means that when it comes to commandment, from receiving commandment, there is a graduation in commandment. That there's a point where it means the first part of the commandment does not, is not really a commandment to every person initially. That the way you obey commandment is you must first obey the second before the first. Praise God. So he said that, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's verse, that's verse 9, right? Then Jesus in um, that John, John chapter, twenty. Sorry, John 13. No, no. No, let's see Matthew now. Let's go to Matthew. Matthew 22. In Matthew 22, um, you see verse 39. Amen. Amen. The Lord Jesus said, The second is like unto the first, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the exact thing that, that Apostle Paul said. Then, then Jesus said, went on to say, On these two commandments, Hang what all the law and the prophets. Do you see that? So now what Jesus is explaining here, we have to understand this. 
um, is that they are commandment that the commandment actually is not the same thing as the law. The commandment is not the same as what? As the law. It's well, you can't understand anything about the commandment until there's a kind of an illumination. Something must happen to the soul to make the soul able to, to see the, the real the commandment, really, that is given to man in the spirit. Now, what men, now, what the law is, what he calls the law and he calls the prophet are is another season of a type of commandment that hangs upon the actual commandment. Right? Because Jesus said that upon verse 40, that on these two, these two commandments, which are not, you won't find them in the 10, but he's saying that on these two hang the word, the law, and the word, and the prophet. That word hang means that's where they are anchored. That's where they, they actually derive from. It's very clear that the, 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 law, we, the law is a derivative of the, the commandments in the spirit. So, and that was the thing with Jesus, why they couldn't understand Jesus. When Jesus came is that they are used to living from the law, trying to fulfill the law. But Jesus was, he came with another kind of a mind, which is the kind of a mind for the fulfillment of, of the commandment. Do that make sense to you? Yes. To fulfill what? To fulfill the commandment. The commandment. Praise God. When you hear the word commandment in the Bible, it can be tricky to understand. But Jesus kept using the word commandment a lot. Right. He, he used the word commandment, but when he uses commandment, you might not understand which one he's speaking about. But most of the time, Jesus was speaking concerning the, the, the commandment which has been given to man to fulfill. Amen. Amen. And to me, I would say, who's, who really owns the commandment? The, the owner of the commandment initially was Adam, right? Is the person. Adam was the person who really has the commandment. The commandment of what, what he, was, he was meant to fulfill, which he could not fulfill. Praise God. And so Jesus is saying here that these two commandments hang all the law and then what? All the prophets hang on these two. First one, the first, which is the great commandment, and then the second, which is like unto the first. So you now realize that the, the New Testament um, is the New Testament is all about the fulfillment of the commandment. Do you agree? Everything about the New Testament, which is, Jesus called it the New Testament in my blood, right? When he was on the table, right? He said, this is this cup. He said, this is the New Testament in my blood. 
Amen. That, of course, every testament means the writing of commandments. Do you agree? The testament is what? The writing of commandments. So, you have, if there is new testament, right? What we call the Old Testament is, a, is derived from what we have as the command, the Ten Commandments. Really, that's where the, the anchor, what the Old Testament is, is from the Ten Commandments. Praise God. So, it means the Old Testament is from the Old Commandment. I mean, those Ten Commandments are Old Commandments. Do you agree? What is Old Commandment? Old Commandment means the commandment of the old man. Right? They are, they are commandment. Who was who to give that commandment to? Is the old man. The, the Old Testament is a testimony of the old man. And every everybody who received that testament um, qualified as old man. So if if you are an old man, the best they can do for you is, thou shall not do this, thou shall not do that. Those kind of commandments. That's how you command an old man. You must tell him, thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. In the same manner of speaking, praise God, is how you speak to an old man. Because the old man has, is, is, has a weakness that the old man is not actually really man in God's image. That's the problem with the old man, is that the old man is a man who doesn't have what? Who is not in God's image. Remember, when God made man in his image, that was when he made the spirit man. That's the spirit man. The spirit man is who he made in Genesis chapter 1. Or you can call it the natural man. Like that's what he made when God created in Genesis chapter 1. Right? He said God made man in our image after our likeness. It's clear that when it comes to likeness, it's different. Likeness is a kind of expression that will, come, that will appear in the soul. That's why he made the man as after our likeness. So that, that's why you know, every spirit man who is in the image of God is always after the likeness of God. Yes. Do you understand that phrase? That every word spirit man, that is what? In the image of God, will always be begin to pursue the likeness. It's like a kind of a DNA of, of the spirit man that is in the image of God is that it will begin to pursue likeness of God. Likeness has to do with exactness. So you can have image that is not an exact replica. What an image is like a shadow. It has an idea of it. So it means that actually everybody's spirit man is a type of a shadow. Right? Do you agree with me? Every spirit man is what? Is a type of shadow. It's a shadow that's pursuing something. Right? Because God is not just a shadow. God has a reality. And the reality of God appears in his soul. 
the soul means the house of his will, where his will sits, where he functions from, where he, where he lives from, which is his soul. Do you see that? But there is something called image. Image is the shape of the, or the shade, or the shape of the likeness. And that's what God created in Genesis chapter 1. He created man in his image. That image of a type of the natural man, which is the spirit of man. Do you see that? And the purpose of that man, that spirit, is supposed to, is looking for an appearance of likeness. And where the spirit looks for likeness to appear is in the soul. Does that make any sense to you? The spirit looks for likeness to appear where? To appear in the soul. Glory to God. So, but when you have somebody, after Adam died, and Adam fell, he died, his spirit man died. Immediately, Adam's spirit man died. Adam lost the image of God. Yes. That image of God that was inside his his spirit, right? And, and once that image is lost, and the loss of the image is the loss of compass, right? Because the, the spirit man is, is, a, is the man's compass, right? The way the Bible put it, he said that the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. Is the, the candle means there's a light, it's which God lightens that, Spirit man, to give a guide as a compass. Where is it guiding you to? To the likeness. Do you see that? Searching the inward parts. What was the belly? The belly is the soul. Right? Belly means, belly is a vessel, the inward vessel. So the spirit searches out the, the belly, looking for likeness. It's after the likeness. Praise God. So, but once man died, man lost that thing, then the concept of the old man. So the word old is not just talking about time. In scriptural language, we know that old just means expired. Right? Something that is old means it is what? Expired or means it's not current, right? It's not current. It it lacks currency, and so that before nothing was old. Before the person who invented oldness was Satan, right? How did he invent being old? He lost his currency, right? He became non-current with God, right? He became he stepped out of being current. With God. Amen. Amen. And he evolved in a different direction. He moved out of the place where God put him. And so that his own nature, praise God. So what he has also, Satan, he also has an image. Uh, do you see that? He also has what? He also has an image and he also has a likeness. That, that entity called the devil. He has an what? Image, 
He has what? A type of likeness. So he is able to, to cast his image on men. And if a man can take the cast of his image, you begin to pursue his likeness. That's the honest truth. If you receive the word, the cast of his image, if a man, if once a person has the image, you wonder why do people just tend towards bad things? It's simple. It's an image in them. Do you see that? That makes people hasten towards a particular likeness. And once likeness begins to get formed, it's powerful. The truth is that likeness is more powerful than image when it comes to the driving of a, of a, of a person. Praise Jesus. So Satan quickly installed this image inside, and that was a very, very high job to do that. Imagine removing God's image from the man that God made and putting your own image on the inside of him. Right? I mean, Satan was, is a wicked fellow. Do you agree with me? Yes, sir. I've explained before how the word likeness in, the, in Genesis is what you find as image in the Greek, in the, in the New Testament. Whenever you, most of the time, most of the time when you see image in the New Testament, it's actually likeness. So in, in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, you saw when the beast appeared that one of the the thing that the power, the beast was also powerful to do was to raise, they called him, he was able to raise what? The false prophet, sorry, was able to raise an image onto the beast and to cause men to worship. That image there is actually likeness. The ability to develop a kind of likeness that should cause people to worship. Praise God. Um, Revelation 13, verse 12, and he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and caused the earth and them which dwelt therein to worship the first beast whose word deadly wound was healed. Verse 13, praise Jesus, and he doeth great wonders that he maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Amen. Amen. And deceived them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should do what? Make an image. So he's a prophet, a preacher, right? Uh, they call is the false prophet, which is the second beast. Praise God. Um, they also refer to him as a false prophet. Who is a false prophet? Is a false prophet is he that, that, that prophesies a false thing. And the... The real meaning of falsehood in the spirit is image, right? Which is likeness, but which is, which is image. Is, uh, images are, those are the, anything, the, the lies which, the, which God has problem with are images or likenesses in the spirit. That's why he spoke of those who make it a lie, those who make a lie are those who are crafters of image. They were des describing those who will be outside of the city, who will not be allowed into the city. Revelation 21 said, They shall in no wise enter into it, 
anything that defileth, that, that whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written where in the Lamb's book of life. So it's clear those who make a lie, what does it mean to make a lie? It means it's a, you have gained the skill of constructing a kind of image that is called a lie. So what is called lie in the spirit is actually an image that is not current with God. Praise Jesus. So, but you see, the power which the, the second beast, or what you call the false prophet, and that's why this second beast is deadly when he appears. The first beast will be there. He's also deadly. But his operations will not be as, as, as effective until the second beast arises. Right? And when you say second beast, you are... He's not necessarily talking about maybe another person. He's talking about an expression, right, of the beast. First one is an expression from the sea. Second one is an expression from where? From the earth. And so the reason why it will have to arise from the earth is because you have to be, you want, you want to try to reach men who are in habitats of the earth to be able to preach and speak their language and to encourage them Quickly, do hasten in your in your in your in your in your craft, which is the craft, and he will teach them that craft. Let's see that Revelation 13, that he will say to them on the earth that they should make what an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. So you can see something else. You also see from this place is that you can't separate worshipping from image making that every time you're worshipping you are actually making an image you can't separate it praise God this is that was the, this is the main thing God is concerned with when you read the Ten Commandments which is explaining when God is beginning to explain what it means to love God it's the first thing about loving God is thou shalt have no other God before me. And he now went and then he now said that he shall make, not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven or above. When he's saying heaven above, he knows who he's talking about. Or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is in the water under the earth. Praise God. <laughs> Saying that thou shalt not, you are forbidden to making any graven image. So, what God is concerned about here is more than idol worshippers. Is that idol worshipping is just demons who, who tell men to do it, but it's like trying to get them to mimic what what the entire kingdom of darkness is designed to make men do. In the spirit, you see, that's one thing about demons. Demons are uh, demons, you know, demons live on the earth. Demons are on the earth. When you call demon, I'm not talking about spirits of the height, I'm talking about demons that come, that stay in people's houses, that can possess somebody, that can stay around the family, that can be those demons that can go and wait on the highway to cause accidents. Those are those I'm talking about, those ones. Um, 
Those ones, Jesus called them devils. There's a difference between the devil and devils. Right? There is what you call the devil. But there, is, there are those, you call, those who you call devil. The word devil means doer of evil. Right? The devil is the doer of evil. There is the evil <laughs> that he does. That one is his thing, which he does. But devils, or who you call demons, they are doing nature. It's not in the way Satan does his own. They are doing nature is that they are the one who do things that men see. Do you get that? Ah, this one has a devil. He starts shaking and behaving somehow. He's just possessed by a devil like that man who had legions of them, who Jesus cast away, right? Manifestation. When they entered into the swine, they started manifesting too. They can't but show themselves, right? That, so they are doers of evil, devils, in the sense of their manifestation. That's what makes them, they call, that's why they call them devils, but they are demons. So just check everything that demons do is a copy. They actually, they are part of the kingdom of darkness that they say try and manifest naturally and almost visually physically, the actual things that are in the spirit. So when you see a, de a, de a devil or a demon doing something, most of the things they do, it, there is, it's not the real thing. It's a type. Anything a demon does is not the real thing. Anything a demon does, it just means the sign is, ah, a demon did that thing. It means there is something like this in the spirit. Does that make sense to you? Yes, and one of the wisdom of having demons and devils, them staying on the earth, right, is so that man would never move beyond the physical typification of what the kingdom of darkness is actually doing. So the man will be glued to it. You understand? And you will not know that this is just representing what they're actually doing, but it's not the real thing. Like, a demon can kill somebody physically, but that's not the real thing. There is somebody who is killing in the spirit, right? And when he's killing, the person is still alive, walking around. Doesn't know that anything has happened to him. And he's praying, God, I will not die, but I will live. I will not die, but live. And he feels that physical dying is the death. Well, he doesn't know that you can be alive, but the actual dying can be happening. Think about anything that a demon does will stay in someone and make them sick, make them have cancer. Most, almost all every sickness is caused by a demon or some kind of a devil. Most sicknesses are caused by devils. Yes. But you can... Stay and that sick and be binding and casting. I defeat you. I shall not be sick. But you don't know that that sickness, being sick physically, is just a sign that there is something called sickness in the spirit, which the real spirits are doing to the soul. Do you get that? Anything you can think of affliction, if a demon is tempting you to fornicate now, fornicate, is because there's something called fornication in the spirit. 
There's something called adultery in the spirit. Anything a demon pushes you to do. Lying now. There's something called lying. So the lying which we just saw, which is talking of making of image, demons don't... <laughs> don't a demon doesn't have the intelligence to, to, to instruct a person to make an image, to make a lie. There are spirits who do that. And their own work is invisible. Such that a Christian who has been schooled in Christianity and has been taught not to lie will swear, I will never lie. And he won't lie in the physical. But instead, what's happening? He's very busy building a lie. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know that that lying physically, which a demon can tempt him to do. No demon, some demon of lie can stay on somebody. He can stay in a family. You can see your family, everybody tells lies, from the father to the mother to all the children. Then you check their grandparents. They, have, they were known as liars. You understand? They can't shake it off. It's just the useless demon who's just around them, who, who doesn't leave. And they don't know how to deal with that devil. And then maybe someone will get born again from that family and say, my family has been this way, but me, I will never lie. And he will swear. And the Holy Spirit will help them. And they, they, they become so truthful. But all they have done is overcome the demon of their family. You've not done enough about what is really called lie in the spirit. Because the spirit who do those real things, they don't manifest. All right? They don't manifest. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Um, so, um, the enemy, Satan or the devil, is also is an image giver and is a likeness builder. So when these beasts begin to manifest, like I said, it will begin to teach souls to make an image. That's what he said, that it will begin to say to them, Praise. You know, everywhere worship is happening, preaching is ongoing. Right? While you're worshiping, you worship according to message. What's being preached to you, that's how you know how to worship. And so this false prophet, so you can see before this false prophet came, the beast was there, he had the seat of the dragon, he had his name, he has his authority, and all of that, and he was already blaspheming God. But he couldn't gather all the nations. He couldn't gather all men to have that, give this kind of allegiance to him, even though some, some did it. But many of them, he couldn't reach them. He needed somebody, a false prophet, another evolution of himself that would be able to reach men at a certain point, right? To begin to teach them how to. This is how you make an image. This is how you, and this will be a sign that is the season of the Antichrist, is when men become very, very skilled at this image making, to make an image. Of course, where would they make the image? It's in themselves. Do you see that? Oh, and this image is really likeness. Are you seeing that? Praise God. So this is what um, God is thinking about. So like I said before, um, so when you go back to the beginning, God created man in his image, right? And then God 
made that man to be after his likeness. But Satan saw that, okay, in order to, in order to bring my own likeness into man, I have to tamper first with his image first to cut him off from his direction, to, to, to cut him off from what he's after. All right, so he found a way to commit his own kind of image. So it's clear that the image of the devil is what we call the old man. Right? That word old, when you see old in the Bible, anything old is talking about the kind of nature that Satan has. Right? In Revelation chapter 12, they called him Satan, that old serpent. Satan and the devil, that old serpent. An old serpent, amen. He's an old angel, right, who has an old nature that he gave to man. So the, so the spirit of the man, after Adam fell, Adam became an old man in his spirit. Right, and then he became an old man in his spirit, and as his sons, like Cain, and so that lineage began to get skill in, in pursuing the likeness. Right? That's what, what Cain had. Cain was skilled in pursuing the likeness of that image. And like he kept pursuing it, his own soul began to develop the likeness. Do you see that? He began to gain what? The likeness of the old man. So, after a while, Cain didn't just wasn't just an, have an he didn't just have an old man. He wasn't just an old man in his spirit. Cain became an old man in his soul. Right? There is what you call old man spirit and old man soul. And every Christian, before you get born again, every or not Christian, unbeliever. Before every unbeliever, before they get born again, they have both. You have old man's spirit, for sure. Every unbeliever has a spirit of the old man and then has some level of building of the likeness of the old man. Right, so you can, so there's the old man. Like you, so that old man, you can see there is, of course, there is the old man, which is the spirit. Then there is the old man, which is also a type of a man, but the Bible speak to him, speaks of him almost like a, a craft. There's a craft, a walk, a building, or, or you can call him garment. It's a type so that, uh, that you put off the old man. Have you seen that? And so when, this, when Paul was saying that putting off the old man in Ephesians chapter 2, he was writing to Christians who he has already commended in chapter 1, spoke of he has heard of their faith, their love to all the saints, he has begun to pray for them, all of those things. Then he, he now began to speak concerning, let's see from verse 21. He says that, If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, verse 22, that ye put off concerning the word former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful laws. That word deceitful means lies. 
right? It's a weaving of lies. It's a garment. The old man is actually a garment of lies. It's a work of lies. Or it's an what? It's an image. It's a likeness. You know, every garment is a likeness. Do you agree with me? They sew your cloth to look like you. Right? But your cloth is not a drawing. It can accommodate your movement. Right? So your, your clothing is like a moving stature, stat, statue. So do you get what I'm trying to say? Glory to God. It's, so well, that's why the soul is likened to a garment in the spirit. Right? It's a garment, it's a type of house which you put on a man. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. So, so you see that um, when, when we say commandment, commandment just means a, the commandment means the laws, the laws, the, the kind of testimony is, is law, is a law that has been given to a particular man. Right? It's a commandment. So it's a kind of um, the law that you, what you, you command a particular man. So if when God comes and God wants to command Adam, let's say Adam before he fell. If God wanted to command Adam, there is a way God will, there are things, there's a way God will say it. It all, Adam will have his kind of commandment. Praise Jesus. Um, because at that state. But after Adam fell, and then fell, his descendant fell, they fell further and deeper into the what? The nature, the old nature. So such men are the people who God was leading. Millions of them in the wilderness. Right? They are all old men. All of them. Including Moses. Right? Do you agree? Yes, sir. They led up them, and then they brought them around to try to give them to, can we, is there a way to try to, to bring, it's clear that if God, if they went into the mountain, right, to try to, to hear God directly, the manner of conversation would have been a bit different what God would have done to them, but they couldn't bear that. They couldn't, they say, entreat him that, God, please, let this thing not be what spoken to us any longer. They cannot bear them. Amen. Say bearing. Bearing. They couldn't bear it. Like Jesus told his disciples, I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. You can't bear them. Those things he has to say are kind of commandments which Jesus wanted to bring to them but he can't he said that you cannot bear them all that means is that you can't give the old man commandment that belongs to the what to the new man the old man has his own kind of commandment and the commandment that God will give the old man is not bad it's a righteous commandment, but it's righteousness according to the level of that type of man. Like Paul was saying in the book of, of Romans 7, where he was doing his, all his lamentation, 
and it was now you know acknowledged the, the, the law is righteous right for the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good praise god amen, amen. praise jesus Hallelujah. but go back even to the place you just saw about sin taking occasion by the commandment um, Romans 7 um, it says when was then that which is good made death unto me God forbid but sin that it might appear sinful walking death in me by that which is good what it means by that which is good is the commandment which is the commandment of the law or the commandment of the old man it's not bad those ten commandments are not bad it's just, you have to seek commandment as, as a manner, right? Is a, is according, commandments are according to, according to life levels. You actually, when you go to, to God, you, see, you might see a shelf of commandment, lockers of commandment. We say that one, that's how we command such a fellow. Such a fellow who can't receive commandment at this level. We, we, they have their own type of commandment that will comfort them. Glory, the way you command your child is not how you command your dog, right? You can't bring your child's kind of commandment to your dog. Your, your dog will just be looking at you, and then you'll go and do something else. You can't break through. Yeah. You can't communicate. But there's a way you can command it. dog. can be whistling. <laughs> Once he hears that thing, he knows it. It will, you're, he's been trained to, to receive commandment at that level. But it's just that there's just so much you can put into a whistle. Eh? There's, there's a few things you can put into a whistle. Whistle can be just run now, come, run towards me. That can just be, that's all the information you can put in a whistle. You can't put any detail. But a child, you can sit them down, give them instruction in a certain manner, in more details. It's according to the, the kind of life that is at work in them. Do you understand that? Yes, so there is a way that God cannot, it's clear that God could not command the old man spiritually. Yes. He couldn't command the old man what? Directly what? He couldn't use the language of his image, right, to speak to that man, right? He couldn't use the language of word of his image to speak to the old man. He would not be able to comprehend it. So he must parse it into another kind of a language. But when you parse it, you bring it out of the spirit, you lose, what, what would you lose? You lose, you know, it's called that there are many things you can't really say about it. A lot of the meaning, a lot of the things, Will be, it will be watered down. What you have is still good, but it's not really what you, you really need to command, what you need to give to that person. Praise Jesus. That's what the law was. So that would tell you that, that thing called the old man is a bad image. It's a bad image. That's why if you can get someone born again, it's an awesome deliverance. You have delivered that person from what? And the image of what? Of the old man. There's something that, a great difference between someone who is a Christian, whose spirit is alive, who's born again, and someone who is not born again. A very great difference. One of them can 
who, who has the potential to hear the language of God's image. The other one doesn't have, no matter what you do, try and explain the Bible, turn it upside down, then read it this way, back and forth, change it into a story, into a storybook, do everything you can. At the end of the day, everything will reduce into do's and don'ts. Oh, you mean I shouldn't do it this way? Oh, you mean I should, oh, you mean, oh, you mean I should stop doing this now? I should stop, stop, I should start doing it that now? Oh, okay. Ah, okay, what is your, everything? At the end of the day, we'll, everything will just be reduced. Okay, what should I do now? You mean we should start behaving this way? Is that what you're saying? That's how, and check it, all the religions of the earth. Uh, that's why God can't pass through any other religion, no matter how much you try to honor all the religions. They just cannot, because their language of speaking are in do's and don'ts, outward commandment, which cannot pass, you can't pass the information of the image of God through such a medium. The medium is not robust enough. It's not possible. God has so much <laughs> that he wants to communicate to man. Amen. Amen. God has what? So much that he wants to communicate. So that person must get born. Immediately you get them born again, something begins to happen inside uh, your spirit. When, you, when someone gets born again, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And then what happened? All things have what? Become new. Praise Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, thank you. Let's, let's just hear that. For when one is born again, it is a great miracle. It is a great blessing. It is a great miracle. For it is a great open door. It is a great open door. It is one of the mightiest things that can even happen to a soul in this time. That you turn, that you turn, that you turn to the Lord. That you surrender, you surrender. And you allow for the image of the new man. The new man to be regenerated in you. And then you are called. That is a calling. For when you give your life to Christ, when the image of the new man is regenerated in you, you've been ordained for a call. You've been ordained and you've been destined 
for a destiny to the throne. For you see, this is a great miracle. It is a great miracle. So do not think, do not take it for granted. Do not take it for granted that you are born again and long for souls to be born again. Long for souls to be born again. For I have called not just one, but I have called many. I'm calling many. So this is the path to the throne. You one must be born again. So it is a great miracle. It is a great treasure. It is a great treasure that you ought to be delighted in, says the Spirit of the Lord. Praise Jesus. <clears throat> Glory to God. Amen. So you see why, um, amen. So you see why the Lord would have to wait for so, so long. You know, the Lord has waited a lot of generations, many centuries um, for, um, of course, the first church went very far, the church of that initial first century church, right? The church of the, church of the epistles, right? Um, because God raised those churches. One of the main reasons why God, the Lord really invested well and he raised, he made sure that he raised all those second class apostles and third class apostles. Those, the first class apostle is only one, that's the Lord Jesus. What the Bible calls him the apostle and high priest of our profession. No one can be, be like him. You can't ever be his type of apostle. Then the second class apostle are those who were apostles of Jesus. Right? The Bible calls them the 12 apostles of the Lamb who were with him. Those ones, they saw him physically. They, they walked with him. They were chosen into that lot. Then after that, you have the third class apostle, which are revelational apostles. People like Saul of Tarsus and you know, the other ones, praise God, who, who also encountered and saw the Lord Jesus, but saw him by revelation. So they are apostles of revelation. Glory to God. So all of those apostle classes, they are high power apostle classes. You can never have any of those classes of apostles again. And God raised them, especially that second class apostles, and then the, and the third class apostles, God raised them specifically as a blessing to that first church, right? The first church which began from Acts chapter 2 in, right, that first century church, and, and then began to be, to grow, began to spread across Asia, across Europe, a lot of those churches. God raised them for investment so that to create the context for the for epistle conversations so those churches were not ordinary the the amount of intensity of the, the grace of god that was a work in their own kind of their own church environment was very very particular they were all those churches were raised after the 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 were raised after the the will of the holy ghost in his mind for what things should be in the scriptures. Their journey was tallying with the scriptures, with the epistles. Right? God, imagine God raising churches so that letters written to them will be epistles for church patterns because God knew there will be dispensations of the church to come, centuries to come. Everything Satan did, God foresaw. Do you know that? Do you know? 
Now imagine when God was raising the Roman church, the first the Corinthian church, the Ephesian church, in all their uniqueness and all their dealings. Satan, Satan, that's why he can never beat God. Because God knew there will be a time when the devil will come, he will attack all these churches, he will, he will attack them, he will kill what they have. There will be a time after some generations, he will take over everything and he want to dampen it. But Satan was, God says, no, we'll make sure that the, that the doctrine of the churches is, is, and is put in the scriptures, is preserved. Right, so the scripture is a tool to preserve what the is a is a is a preservation of means through which the Lord will reach His people, right, with the with a particular wisdom. You can't never do away with the wisdom of the epistle. If you take the epistles away, and you just take the rest of the Bible, we will be lost. Do you understand? We'll be lost. We'll just do, we'll do things anyhow. Because check the, other, the law and the prophet, all the things that are in there. You won't even know which one should you do. You understand? Praise God. Just something, something as simple as someone slapping you, should you slap back? Do you understand what I mean? <laughs> Praise God. Simple as that, eh? When you read, you now begin to read all manner of things. You now see how <laughs> David prayed, Lord, should I go off? The, the Lord, the oracle spoke, go back, overtake them, recover all. And then he went and killed all of them. That's how we, we will all be killing all our enemies like that because all manner of things. <laughs> and you know those things happened. When the church entered into dark ages and they removed the scriptures, they intentionally looked for all the scriptures and removed all of them and hid them from people. When they hid the scriptures from Christians, Christians started doing crusades. So the way Muslims fight jihad, Christians had their own jihad too. They, am I lying? And I'm sure those things, maybe. <laughs> Glory to God. Because after, if, if you remove the Bible, all that's left are all that other texts. You have the Hebrew text. You have all the other texts. And when you open those texts, you see all kind of war, everything. You see everybody fighting for David's slaying nations. You think that's the same spirit of Christianity. So Christians began to do all kinds of things. The, the Catholic Church, sorry to say, took over, you know, and began to prescribe their own things, amen. All manner of things happened. That's why we got Statue of Mary, you know, all, all of those things. Because um, that's a picture of what will happen if we take the New Testament away and just leave the rest of the text. We will, we will be lost, we will not understand. We will not be able to interpret the texts the historical prophetic text with the sense of the image of God. Do you get that? So that is clear to you that what is the epistle? The epistles are writings from the image. Right there, the epistles are 
deductions out of the law and the prophet, out of the Old Testament, or what you, you want to call it that way, but according to the accuracy of the image. Right? It's, it's rightly interpreted. Like when Jesus came on the scene, he was the first man of the image who had the image in him. Before Jesus came, every other prophet prophesied a certain kind of way. And they lived, they interpreted the holy words in a, in a way that was not complete. That's why a, a man like Elisha can create, with his anointing, create bears to eat little children. Just because they were, they were what? Yabin him, a bald-headed man, bald-headed man, amen. Do you know, do you know the anointing on this? this? Left to him, he wasn't the one that they were insulting. It was the oil on him. So, so how, can you, how can you insult anointed head? He didn't care, he killed all the children, amen. So, and all kinds of things happen like that. But when Jesus came on the scene, different, Jesus now began to, you know, he wasn't even like John. John tried at a level, but John didn't, Jesus, John didn't have the image in him. John didn't have the image. When John came, what John noticed about Jesus is that a light just came. When you read the book of John, right? That was one thing that, Jesus, that John saw about Jesus, right? A, a light. You see, he was not that light, but it came to, to bear witness. So there was a man, he was sent from God, whose name was John. Imagine a man sent from God. God sent him too. His name was John. But this man, right, the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. So that all men, through him, through him, in men have been believing wrongly. So let's change how men believe. Let's now change men to just to stop believing waywardly. Let's make them now learn to believe through him. There is a through his own kind of, we illuminate faith in a particular manner that is according, is in line with the image of God. We will interpret faith in line with the image of God accurately. Glory to Jesus. So, he, so he's a man in whom the, his candle is lit. That's the candle of his own what, spirit. And he has received, he has also been able to be built an image in him, which is after the light. Of course, if, if you build after the likeness, when the image, which is the light, builds another image, a garment, which is a, a sculpture, a building of likeness, it will also be a light too. Jesus' soul was a light as well. So when they say he was the light, his whole person was the light, but it's not an ordinary light. It's a light that is it's a, it's, it's a brightness here. Hebrews chapter 1 describes him so correctly. God had so, who had what, sundry times in diverse manners. So you see what they call sundry times, means diverse times, different times, and in diverse manners. So God was using diverse manner. But God's way of speaking is not, should not really be diverse. 
if it's diverse in this kind of way, it will lead to diversions of men. Praise God. Let's say you just, imagine you just follow Isaiah raw. <laughs> right? <laughs> just raw Isaiah, you know what I mean? Raw Isaiah. Praise God. You'll be in trouble, right? So God spoke to them in sundry time and endeavor, and God used their speaking, his story, their materials. But the materials of the law and the prophet, you need the, the, the true light. If you don't have the right light, which is a light that is according to the image of God, you will not be able to extract the correct information out of there. God has to send his son expressly for that. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? If you don't use the light that Jesus brought, you want to explain the dealings of Abraham, Jacob, all of them. Right? You know, we have all these Abrahamic religions, Judaism. The reason why we have them is because lack of light. They are looking at the same information, but they don't have the light to interpret it. Right? They interpret it wrongly because they don't have the right interpretation. Glory to Jesus. So God's, God, and God is the one who spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophet, but check in verse 2. But as in these last days, then spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, by whom also he made the walls, verse 3. Who being, this is his qualification. Why would the father speak through this one? I'm not going to speak through any other body. I've spoken in time past, yes. But right now, leave, don't go directly to what I said in time past. You can't get anything from there by itself. Leave it alone. Focus on one being called my son. So it's very clear that the son of God is, a, is almost like, you can use the word, almost like it's, a, it's first of all a tool of interpretation. Everything God has spoken, you must query the son. Tell me what that means. Otherwise, you can never understand it. Don't just go raw and say, God said this. And <laughs> Praise God. Someone has said in critique, but from a, a good, honest place, sincere place, a critique of maybe like word of righteousness kind of approach as maybe like instead of focusing too much on all these things, let's do the whole Bible. Do you, know, do you understand that kind of sense? Like, so it means that it doesn't matter. Anything you see in the Bible, you can just take it and believe for it and get it. You can just, you can just open to anywhere. You know that kind of attitude that you... And, the person feels that, that 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 is the rounded word. That doing it that way means you are rounded. Do you get what I'm saying? That you know when you have my salvation of the soul, salvation of the soul, it seems as if you are only preaching one thing in the Bible. Yeah. Right? Yes, sir. What about all the other things? Making your name great, making your you know all those prophecies of Isaiah, everything about you being the head and not the tail. Praise God. Everything about the Bible. Now why can't you just take that as face value 
and assume that God must do this in your life because you saw it in the Bible. You can't do that. You can't. If we keep doing that, hmm? where we will end up very far away from God. We'll be very far away from God. So when it comes to speaking, this is the Lord, this is a thank God for this light. It's, 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 that's why when you, check it, when you read the new the epistle, there's something it does. It excites your spirit man in a way that just reading the other verses, I'm not saying it wouldn't, but, but it will through your understanding of the epistle. Do you understand what I mean? Let's say if you never read epistle at all, you just go raw into reading laws or Old Testament or the prophet, your spirit man will not get excited. Rather, it will be after some time you begin to cry. Hey, Bodin, Wahala, what is this? This is not, you're not really feeding me. How do I, what do I do with all these things? It will, you depress your spirit man. Dig it. But, when you have the new, in the new, there's something about the New Testament. The New Testament is in a kind of language. It speaks to you as if you are alive. Do you understand me? It, it speaks to you directly as one who is alive. And when your spirit man hears that direct language, Awesome, beautiful, something. When you're just reading through the epistle, and that's one thing, something you should be doing, just be reading it. Don't, don't even, it's not that you're even looking for revelation per se. I'm just saying there's something about reading the Bible is not the same thing as studying the Bible. You get? Yes. Studying is different. You don't, you don't study the Bible in terms of let me just go and study it. No. Studying is, is by leading. Right, that there's studying by leading. In fact, before you can get to a point where you can study the Bible, you should have received so much guidance. If you study without guidance, you'll be in trouble. That's why I don't believe in encouraging new believers who just got born again, go and study your Bible. No. I'll just tell you, be reading your Bible. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? You know, even the Bible didn't tell you study as a new believer. What they were saying is, study to show yourself. It's, it's Paul was saying Timothy. It's Timothy that Paul was talking to. And what he was telling him was very specific. He studied to show yourself, to show yourself approved unto God. Is a level. That's, you don't tell a baby to go and study to show himself approved to God. Where will he start from? He will go. In fact, what he will go and bring from the Bible? <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Confusion. Because he's not, he's not, you, you, you don't with baby mind, novice mind, begin to study. You will study problem. You understand? When, when you finish studying, all the problems you've gathered, it will take mighty men to, to solve them. That's why. Bible is not an ordinary book. It's not anyhow. It's not just carry anybody carry Bible and start doing it, doing what you like with it. Don't do what you like with the Bible. There's, there's something about the, the scripture. There's a mind about the scripture. It's a holy book. 
there is, a, there's a, there is, there is actually in the spirit a kind of, um, there are rules, laws. That's why the Bible says no prophecy of scripture is capable of private interpretation. No man can privately do it. You must, the scripture has to be interpreted through the spiritual institution which the Lord has put in place in the body for the interpretation of the scriptures. And there are those who he gave them gifts for it. When he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. And the perfecting of the saints and all of that, that you be no longer tossed to and fro by any wind. So without those gifts being at work, you'll be tossed to and fro by what? Sp winds of doctrine. Spirits who have, who have their interpretation too. If you don't understand the realm of the spirit, you just feel you can just carry Bible and be, yeah, this one, that one. And people do it. And, and the funny thing that guys now, like guys who can study very well, they now like to preach. And that's what makes it now very dangerous. Because sharing revelation is now in trend, you understand. It's a season of knowledge. So you can, if you are a pastor now, you don't have things to share. You know what I mean? You can you know, back one of the days you just pray, 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 and go home. These days there's a taste for say sharing. Sharing, just share something. <laughs> Praise God. This month, I just opened my I didn't just open Facebook. I just opened Facebook. I just saw somebody who's my friend on Facebook was just shout crying on, on Facebook about one man of God. Who is that? We said, he said that the man of God. How did, who did he even attack? He said that he first of all attacked somebody before in the Bible that he didn't say anything. Now he's now attacking John the Baptist. So you can't take it anymore. That, so maybe the pastor preached that John the Baptist, maybe he felt he was in error. That's why he. You know, so all those kind of things. And we're going to have those kind of troubles in the body of Christ. When people move into their private interpretations of the scripture, and you don't understand that they are there in the body, Christ set people. With, there are people who are for God does not need 200 men to be dividing the Bible for a generation. God can send one or two. God is not like that. Go, check the whole Bible. God is not like, it's not democracy. Let them, let's make them many. Like factory of prophet, let's send them. No, no, no. God is not like that. When God was leading Israel, Isaiah in one time is enough. If you don't want to listen to him, that's your business. Go and do. Or when God raised Moses, one man, one, millions of Jews. God didn't say, okay, out of all, let's raise one from each tribe to make it. So, so this other tribe, let's say the other tribe of Benjamin will not feel left out. So they will have. And God will say, Benjamin, who do you want to represent you? You're not going to bring one guy. No, 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 no. God is not like that. He doesn't care. He's not respect our person. Yeah. Are you, are you the, is he your ministry? Is he your word? Is he, is he your own word? Does he not have right to say, I'm sending this one? He has the right to do that. One man, Moses, if you don't listen to him, I will kill you. And, he, and God started killing all of them, those who were giving Moses trouble. Right? But sometimes they say, why will only you be entering inside the... <laughs> you know that thing of, 
you know there's a glory the entry now coming out, eh? And when you enter, everybody has to wait. <laughs> but those, some guys want to be the one. They want to be, why would you be going for me? And I said, okay, no problem. Just God said, tell them to bring their own rod. Let's, let me show them that it's not by, it's not democracy. Bible is not democracy. It's who God chose. Glory to God. And Jesus said, you'll see no more of me except you. Learn to say, blessed is he who what? He who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise Jesus. So, like I was saying, Bible is not something you just, you can't just study like that. Right? For approval, there must be guidance when it comes to spiritual things. And God has put those authorities in the church to guide others. But God can be, for many, God wants to help many people. God can for 20 years be dealing with one person, ruggedly, doggedly, take their whole life, do all kinds of things to them, to break them, to scatter their attachment to the world, their allegiance, things that we can't go through. So that when he wants to begin to speak, they will be sharp, right. You don't know what has happened to them. You, you, you drink Gary every time you are doing it. You don't even, amen. If, if God even brought the idea of the dealings, you physically fight him. Say, where are you? Come out. Who do you think you are? To even suggest that to me. <laughs> amen. When you hear apostle, all those, they're not, now they're turning the word apostle to titles. Apostle this, apostle that, apostle this one, apostle that one. No. When we, let's check apostles in the Bible. What made them apostle? Do you, have you gone through any one of those things? <laughs> Praise Jesus. So God is not the way we think. He's not a democrat. It's not like that. So God speaks. Let's go back again quickly to that Hebrews. Right? Amen. Amen. So, I'm, so I'm not saying that you can't. I'm talking about study for approval. You can't just do it anyhow. Paul was teaching Timothy about ministry. That's when he was mentioning all those things. You get? Even when you study, you should study in line with guidance that you have received from those who are evidently, are evidently sent by God to rightly divide the word of truth. To rightly divide. When you have such people, then you follow their guidance when you are studying yourself. You don't study outside their guidance. Otherwise, you move into private interpretation. Are you getting the sense of what I'm saying? I'm so sorry. What I'm saying does not align with conventional mind. We are all free. Individual, no. But that conventional mind is devil's mind. He wants you to kill and to destroy. But I'm following the Bible. Bible taught. Nobody was studying their own thing in the Bible. You never see that. 
Paul will keep telling them, the things you saw of me, you heard of me when I was with you. These are the things. Keep doing them. Don't forget those things. Do you see that? Boldly, the dispensation which I have received of God for you. It's for you. It's for you. I received for you. They didn't come to you directly. They came to me. It's for you. So follow those things which I'm saying. That's the scripture. You can't fault that. If you try to fault that, you have an ulterior motive. Either you want them to listen to you or something. Amen. Be afraid of anybody who wants to give you freedom that God is not giving. You know, and you know this, there are all kinds of dangerous guys in the body of Christ now. They know people like, you know the freedom is the order of the day. Not that freedom of go and do what you like. They, they know our generation are drunk with that. So they, they come into the church and make you feel like you can do anything. God is in your back pocket. Just bring him out and talk to him. And nobody, God is not like that. The church is a different thing. The church is an organism of order. There is an, it has leaders. People who God put in place to lead the people. It's the pattern of God right from Genesis. God was not leading individual Israelites on their, to get, no. They were not hearing leading of the Spirit, each one, to know where to go. Somebody was in front. And God would talk to that person. You say, oh, no, that's Old Testament. Now God talks to all of us. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. If it was today, hmm, there will be no epistle to there will no epistle to the Ephesians. Who will be the one writing epistle to Paul? But Paul, I just saw this thing. What do you think about this interpretation? <laughs> Imagine one man writing an epistle to a church in Ephesus, a whole region. There's another place he said that when you finish reading it, pass it on to the other people. Let them read it too. Those are the Bible patterns you get. Now, all those people he was writing to, were they not born again? Don't they have Holy Spirit in them? Were many of them not filled with the Holy Spirit? Why do they need somebody? This New Testament era now, not Old Testament. All Holy Ghost filled people needs another man to be writing to them. Amen. Let this thing be knocked off your head if you have that idea. Glory to Jesus. Yeah. Mm. So maybe you now say, okay, okay, I agree that God speaks through men. So how do you know the man that you are listening to is the one that you should listen to? That's your own business. Okay? That's not my business. <laughs> you want to solve that problem for yourself. <laughs> it's just that whoever you choose to listen to, as you are hearing him, make sure it's Jesus you are looking like. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> because it's by their fruit we shall do what? <laughs> and we are all following. Me, I follow fruit. I've been following fruit since. God taught me and raised me for years. To identify fruit. And, since, and, and then he showed me the fruit. And since then I've been following the fruit. And there's no other fruit you bring to me. There's nothing. nothing. Amen. Amen. 
That chapter has ended. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> Glory to God. So, yes, in this last day, say last days. So, last days is your days, right? Spoken to us by who? By his son, whom he had what, appointed what heir of all things, by whom also he made the words. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory. So this is, who, what, what quality does the sun have to make the sun the one? Every, everyone stop, start listening to the sun. Even though I spoke to prophets and all of that, but start listening to this one. Why? Because this one is the brightness of his glory. Do you see that? And the express image. So it means that why Jesus should be listening to is because of the image from where he's shining. Jesus had his type of brightness. He was bright in a different way from the Pharisees and from the Sadducees. When they would summarize their own matter one way, Jesus would bring his own side. It's different. It's according to another brightness. That brightness is an information coming from an image which he had. Glory to Jesus. The express image of his person and upholded what all things by the word of his power. When he had himself purged our sins, he then sat down on the word on the right hand of the majesty on high. Glory to Jesus. You see that? So like I was saying that um, when, you are, when you are commanding Right, you command a, a man based on what? First of all, the kind of light that is in him. If you bring a commandment higher than his light, he will never understand it. And then if you bring a commandment lower than his light, it won't be able to solve his issues. It won't speak to him. Like go and give a law to a Christian. He can't, do, he can't help him. The, once you, you bring, when I mean outward law, like law of Moses type of law, to a Christian whose spirit has the image, right? That image, Christ. Remember the Bible calls Christ, who is the image of God, right? God has images. Christ is a snapshot, is a type of an image. It's the first installment of God's image, which you have on your inside. Praise Jesus. If you bring, the Bible calls it the law of a carnal commandment by which those priests of the Old Testament were made, they made after the law of a carnal commandment. Praise God. Hebrews 7 verse 16 says, who is made not that? Speaking of Jesus, go back to 15 quickly. It says, and it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest. Now the other priest who ariseth is Jesus. Glory to God. When you say priest, a priest means someone with the knowledge of worship or the knowledge of worship, or the knowledge of serving. And you can't separate priestly knowledge from, the, from image making. Do you agree with me? You can't separate what? Priestly knowledge from what? From image making. It's clear the beast is a priest. We've sang that song, right? He's a, he's a priest of iniquity, and all of those things that 
Pastor Larry sang, they are all correct, right? <laughs> Talking about just a song about that nature that of the beast, his priestly stature to teach men how to worship and through worship to raise an, a lying image. But there's something called the true image in the spirit, which God wants to be raised in every soul. For, you, for that image to be raised, there must be an encounter with another kind of priestly ministry, yes, which is after the order of Melchizedek. Glory to Jesus. Why? Because Melchizedek is a priest of the Most High God. First interpretation by priest of righteousness, sorry, king of righteousness, then king of what? Peace. And then what? The priest of the Most High God. Glory to Jesus. So it is far, yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment. When you say who is made, we looked at that thing called making. They're talking about how did they make him? When they say making, it's talking about image. That what is the image in this other priest? How was it constructed? After what was that image made? It was made af not after the law of a carnal commandment, but it was made after the power of an endless life. After the power of what now? What, when you say the power of an endless life, the power of an endless life is a type of commandment. Do you know that? What they call the power of an endless life is what Hebrews 1 refers to his power. Remember? They call it, there's something they call the word of his power. The word of his power is called the commandment of his power. All right? The word of his power. Glory to God, uphold at all things by what? By the word of his power. Glory to Jesus. The word, to, so when he says uphold, when he says something is upholding things, it means that, that things hang on it. So you can see where the law and prophet hangs on. Right, Jesus was saying that upon this commandment hangs all the law and the prophet. It means that the law itself is upheld by this thing. You don't say, ah, so this is where the law came from. The mind that of writing the law is coming from it is something that is more, it's more, fa more foundational. Do you see that? is more foundational, more invisible. It's not carnal. Right? When you say it's carnal, carnal means it's for the flesh. Praise God. But him was made after the power of an endless life was made after the power. So this, what he was made after is, is talking about after 
So what is after is the power. Power means that which needs to be, to be employed to produce likeness. Right? You must use power to produce image. Do you get that? You must use what? Power to what? Produce image. Power must produce image. Power must do what? Produce image. Power means how, what you use to do it. So if you want endless life, you must, you must come into something called the power of an endless life. So the power of an endless life is the, is the power of an endless life. He's talking about the, the power by which they made the priest. Or the power of making an high priest. You get, you get that? So the power is clear. That the, so it's very, you can see it's very clearly that this power of an endless life is speaking about the divine power. Right, because the divine power is the power of the divine. Yes. The power of the divine, which is the power is, is, is the power of the divine is is described ap- according to endlessness of life. That is what that's the sense of the divine. Right? Anything divine has to do with life being endless. It's not that's the power of God's own high priesthood. Is to how to, can you make life endless? The school of endlessness of life is the school of what of of the divine. That's all, that's all God concerns Himself about. That's the business. That was the school that Adam woke up into. It wasn't the school of how to deal with my sin. There was no sin initially. No sin, all of those things were not present. There was no sin, no death in that sense, which Satan brought. Those things were not there. But Adam woke up into an environment of development. Right? What was the curriculum of, of the garden of Eden? It's endlessness of life. That was, they put the tree of life there. It's for, to, it's for a knowledge to, to impart the wisdom of endlessness of life. You don't understand me? That kind of school, that's the, that's the only thing you can concern an Adam with. Don't con- an Adam can never be concerned with anything below that. Any time you see an Adam, he's thinking of endlessness of life. Why, where is that thought coming from? It's coming from an image. When they say man was made in the image of God, that image has its concern. It's not about Adam didn't wake up and say, oh, how can we build a skyscraper here? How can we develop all this land? That was in Adam's thought. That was Adam. It was Cain that started doing all that because Cain fell. But once you fall below the image, ah, your plans, your pursuit, everything will change. It will be diverted. To something else. You stop thinking about what you should think about. Glory to Jesus. So, man in the image of God has a, a prevailing thought. 
there's a dominating thought. That's how you will know that you have arrived at that, that image of God. How you know that you have arrived at that word, image of God, praise Jesus, is when you begin to, your senses begin to be, to be bombarded with concern about how to make life endless. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You can't fake it. It's there. It's and if the image is there, right? Glory to Jesus. So and 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 the, the image that God put in man was not. It wasn't an image of Christ. Christ is is something they brought later, but even though it was a provision that has been in God since, but it wasn't needed, right? It was is foreseen. They brought him as a stepping stone for man to climb into the image of God. Do you get what I'm trying to say? For man to do what? Climb where? Into the image. Once you, you receive, do you know that you will learn Christ and learn and learn to a point where you will receive the image of God in your spirit. Do you know that? And that thing will be like magic. It will be like how you, when you got born again. You will fulfill the curriculum of Christ to a point where something will appear in your spirit. It will be the image of God himself, not just the image of Christ. It will appear inside your spirit. Once it appears there, how you will tell is it begins to be after the likeness of God, the, the, the longing for likeness of God. Something, from, something on the inside begins to burn on your inside. That's what the image, how you know that image has landed. Everybody in the most holy has that image. That's why what concerns them is different. The, the desire for endlessness of life is a possession. That which Adam was, should have been possessed with in the garden. Am I making some sense to you? Glory to Jesus. So who is made not after the law of the carnal commandment, but is made what? After the word, after the power, say for he testified, thou art a priest forever, after the word, the order of who? The order of Melchizedek. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So it will be in the brightness of his glory, that's Jesus, and he became the express image of his person, upholded all things by the the commandment, the word of who? Of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of what? Of the majesty on high. Glory to Jesus. So are you now understanding the mind of Jesus? Do you now understand Jesus' mind? Not just Jesus' mind, Paul's mind. Those two, we read them, we read Jesus, then we read Paul, right? We read Jesus in Matthew 22, where from his own mind, he, can, he could discern commandment. Like what is really the commandment of man? Is, a, is, a, is another mind, is the, is, is the mind of the image that would interpret commandments in that manner. I'm sure nobody has ever heard it put this way before until Jesus came and began to say this. 
Because they ask the question, which is the great commandment in the law? That's verse 30. Let's, let's read it very quickly. Because the mind of that, of that question, glory to Jesus. Let's read from verse 34 quickly. Let's see who was asking the question so you understand. It says, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, how did he put them to silence? Right? His question. So what you are seeing is, you are seeing old man, old man asking question. Imagine the old man coming. Uh, it's clear that that question was coming from a generator inside them. It's the spirit of their father. Satan called them, he said, you have your father, the devil. And they call him the father of lies. Right? Do you see that? He's the father of what? Like, devil had just gave birth to an image in them, right? It's that, that image of lies, and they began to do his work. They do the work of their father, so they came to do his work, and, and his, own, his own spirit gives revelation too. The way your spirit man can raise something nice for you to think about is that it, it's a thought of the, from the image. There are concerns about the image, meditations about the, the image. They can come from your spirit man sometimes. Sometimes, it's not every revelation that's coming from the Holy Ghost directly. Because your spirit man has the image, that some, there are some, some things that will come from your spirit man. They are just some meditation about its concern. You just bring them to you. You think about them. Glory to Jesus. And when you, when you meditate on it for some time, some light will come. Glory to God. But these ones, they also have another thing inside of them that talks to them. And any time they are near Jesus, their revelation engine, what happened? Begin to, <laughs> begin to fire. Praise God. Now imagine the kind of question that they asked him. Let's just summarize. Let's not waste too much time here because it's not too profitable. Eh? So... Said now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married the wife, deceased and have no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seven, and the last of all the women died also. Therefore, in this resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. So this is a, a, a mighty question. Like somebody dies, has a wife and dies, his brother takes the wife and then all of that. So to them, this is a mighty issue. So who will now have the wife in the resurrection? You understand that kind of thing? Amen. Now, for, for them to think this way and think that, they, for them to ask Jesus this question, they have so much faith in this question that we are going to flood Jesus right now. How, how will he answer this kind of thing? Because some of them did not believe in resurrection. Especially the Sadducees. The Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. Now, can you see what has a lie, that is something that their father has wrought in them. A stature to be blinded from the concept of resurrection. Right? And then they ask Jesus, now only somebody, only someone who's, who has the image of the old man can have this kind of blindness. Because in fact, to have the new man, they start with resurrection. That's the first thing you experience. To get born again, that's the first thing. So it means that anybody who has this question, 
is an old man. He has an old man image inside of him. And then, so, and then Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err. Means you have error. What is the error? Knowing not the scriptures, nor the power of God. Right? You don't know the scriptures. Even though you have it, you sleep with it, you wake up with it, everything with it. You carry it on your head. You have right to it among the people. Well, you know not the scriptures. Do you see that? You know them not. So everything I've been saying about knowledge is not of private interpretation. Why don't they know the scripture? They didn't have access to the image that interprets the scriptures. Nobody. You can't know the scriptures. You will just read it. You will never know the scripture, but that's not all you should know. Scripture should lead to power. But only if scripture is, has, is interpreted by the right image. If the scripture is not interpreted by the right image, it won't result in what? Power. And Paul made it clear. He said, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with enticing word of man. I came with a demonstration of the spirit and of power. I came, I came to demonstrate power to you. You can never demonstrate power with the image of the old man. What, the, what brings the skill to demonstrate power? Glory to Jesus. What, what did I describe power as? I describe power as the word as what is employed for image making in the order of the image of God, right? You need power. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Say power. power. Say power. power. So it means that anybody who is, whose Christianity is do this, don't do that, doesn't know anything about power. That when someone wants to really help you to align with God, they won't tell you what to do they will manifest power to you. Do you see that? It's by, and the ministry of the New Testament is about the manifestation of the Spirit and of power. Power must be made manifest. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I said glory to Jesus. There are two things they call Christ. Christ who is the image of God and who is the power of God. Christ, the image of God, and Christ, who is the word, the power. See, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God, sorry, and Christ, the word, wisdom of God. Another verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, they called Christ, who is the image of God. Right? When you spoke about your, your, the eyes have been blinded, Lest it, uh-huh. Amen. See, in whom the God of this world, you see verse 4, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Said, so if our gospel be veiled, previous verse, but if our gospel be hid, or veiled. If it's hid, say hid. So someone from whom the gospel is hid can go and carry Bible with glasses. 
It's like the, the Sadducees, searching everything, study everything, write books, everything. Form a whole, a whole school from it. But the gospel is hid from him. He's lost. He's hid to them that are lost. Glory to Jesus. Everybody who is lost, the gospel is hid from them. So do you mean that gospel can be hid? Yes, so. It can be right in front of you, but it is hid. Why? What makes it hid? Verse 4. It says, in whom the God is because of something. Now, let me tell you something. Do you know that being blind is not the same thing as the gospel being hid from you? The only person who can hide the gospel is he who owns it. Devil cannot hide the gospel. He doesn't even want to near it. Once he sees it, he'll start doing what? You start running. The, the gospel, that word gospel is beyond just scripture. Gospel is the message, is the doctrine in the spirit. Is the, gospel means the message of God, the doctrine of God. It's power. You understand what I mean? Satan doesn't want to encounter that thing. Rather, he would do something in men to make God hide it from them. Because he knows the state man needs to be in for God to say, ah, we have to hide it. We can't expose man to it. So really, who actually hid the gospel is God himself. But they are now telling you why God hid it. Do you see that? So let's go to verse 3 again. He said, if the gospel, if our gospel be hid, is hid to them that are lost. Verse 4. In whom, those who are lost, in whom the God of this world has first blinded their minds of them which believe, lest... The light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of what? Of God should do what? Shine unto them. Now, how does he put blindness on them? First of all, through the image in their spirit, which begins to channel the pursuit of their soul. You get what I'm saying? Is, is, so when you say, what, what they call blindness in the spirit? Blindness can be endeavor. Blindness can be can be profession. Blindness can be what you focus on. Blindness can be devotion. How you keep a soul blind? Because a soul is not a, something you wrap a cloth around. A soul is a, a, an entity that is dynamic, that's living, that does things. He has plans, he has ideas, he has things he wants to do, he has thoughts. So how do you blind such a thing? It's not a cloth they used to blind souls of men. How you blind a soul is by giving them something to do. So someone can be so busy, his busyness is blindness because that engagement will keep that person from, from another light shining because light is the illumination for walking. According to the light you have, you walk with that light. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you see that? So this God of this world is a specialty in blindness. Amen. So Christ is the image of God. You see that? Who is the image of God? Christ is the power of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. Praise Jesus. So Jesus, when they were asking him this question, he said that you, you do err, knowing not the scripture, nor what, nor the power. So what, what you find with those who don't have the power, or those who know not the power, as Paul put it, you will have a form of godliness, 
They're having a form of godliness, but doing what? Denying the power thereof. Now tell me, what constructs form of godliness that's not powerful? You know, there's something called form. Form has to do with a type, it's an image, it's, a, it's, a, it's also a walk, it's a shape of a form. And when you see the person doing it, hey man, this is Christianity. So this is what Christianity. The reason why you say is that you feel like the person's life is spelling, spelling it out. Christianity. Our own doesn't spell it like that, the way they are doing what they are doing. But when you check it, it's just something that is a kind of an act or things they learn to do that has not to, nothing to do with encounter with power. Encounter with power. It's not, not all Christianity is the same. Old. There's the one that is, men do that, and then there's the one that is generated from power on the inside. Do you understand what I'm saying? And God, His own work is according to power. It's after the power. When God is making, God makes after a power. That's how God wants to make. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. We will not have just form alone. We will not have form that denies power. Rather, we will have power that will produce the right form or the right image. So it's clear that form without power is a lie. That's, what, that's the definition of a lie. It's a form of godliness. And, and when Satan is raising the image, he won't tell you, I'm building the form of evil in you. No, he won't tell you. He will bring it to you as godliness. You know, there are different types of godliness. There's one that Paul called the godliness that is without contentment. <laughs> you know that one? It's a type. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fashion. It's a type. Now, how, how, what does godliness without contentment look like? Forever pursuing. Forever prayer point. Forever something. Every time. Banging the door of heaven. Heaven. This is the next thing. It's an uncontented soul. Someone teaches such a... It's clear Jesus was not like that. They check all the disciples. They were not like that. What was it? God, what was the next one now? You've blessed me with this. Next time I'm enlarging the, the something, the, the, the prayer point. <laughs> you understand what I mean? All of those things are forms of godliness. Glory to Jesus. But there's what you call godliness with contentment, which is a great gain. Praise Jesus. Amen. Do you know, do you know that contentment is power? You know, contentment is one of the greatest manifestations of power. If you ask me, one of, what was one of the things that characterized Jesus the most in his life on the earth? Contentment. Everything. Right from how he was born. Right from the arrangement. Do you know that the baby Jesus wasn't crying? Why this? Why am I smelling goat? He wasn't crying for... You know that smell of baby powder? Those Jesus didn't have all those things. <laughs> it means right from the birth, they have to began to the school of contentment started. It was the bed of hay. They put him on. What cows eat? They used to make mattress for him to lie down. It's, those things are statements from heaven. Don't Christianity is not what you think it is. It's not God. It's not luxury. It's not everything. It's just. Let him go and be born where animals are born. Let's, to show you what, 
Do you understand what I mean? And every step of the way was like that. When they chose the city where he would live, they didn't choose a nice, let's go. They didn't say, let's, let Jesus be, be, live in the glorious city of Zion or something. No, no, he just put him in Nazareth. A place where no good thing can come from. You understand what I mean? Was it a mistake? Then some guys now have their revelation. They now say that Jesus was poor so I can be rich. You know that kind of revelation, eh? <laughs> it means that if you have bad hearts, you will always have your revelation against. If you say Jesus was poor so that you will be rich, so you will never suffer. I will now ask you, okay, what about all the apostles who died? Did Jesus not die for them too? All the ones who suffered. After some point, Paul said, look, let no one trouble me for I bear on my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. That I have his marks. It's not even, my own suffering is not figurative. I can pull my shirt and show you. Right? So that, that thing doesn't work, man. I can't say they flogged Jesus, therefore I cash. I don't be flogged. At some point, he said, let me fill up in my body what is lacking in his suffering. You know, who will say that type? Jesus was flogged, so who will flog me? Nobody should flog me because I have, Jesus has suffered all the suffering. It's a lie. Jesus suffered to teach you how to suffer. All right? So teach you, he's the captain. You just follow everything he went through. Make conformable to his death. Fellowship of his suffering. There's a fellowship in his suffering. You will be a fellow of his suffering. He will baptize you into his own world of suffering. Not just suffering. There are many things. Shame. Shame. Praise God. When God spoke about Jesus, you know, you feel like after heaven opened, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. You just feel like at that point, everybody will just fall in line. You know, just align everything. Jesus, we know that you are God's man. In fact, you have the glory of God. No one as beautiful as you know. That was the day shame started. Jesus gathered all the shame and went to the cross. That was the peak of shame. The most shameful death. You understand what? After God spoke with him, everything, after the transfiguration experience, remember that when a voice came from the excellent glory, after all those things, he has to come down from the mountain and go back into his shame. You understand? That's, the, that's Jesus for you. Amen. And then Jesus now said, that, look, let me tell you something. Someone is not greater than his master. Have you read it before? Matthew chapter 6, right? Look, his servant is not greater. Those are the things that Jesus, the Lord told me one day when some things happened, I just went to my house. I said, God, what is all? Why? Why? My heart was broken. I said, why? 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 Now, okay, Romans chapter, Matthew 6, open it. And I opened it and began to show me. You are not greater. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you too. Whatever they did to me, they'll do it to you too. But blessed are ye when men persecute you. When they say all manner of evil against you, 
for my name's sake. It means that my name attracts such things. If your life is too clean, everybody claps for you. Wow, you are the best. Something is wrong with you somewhere. It means there's something you are, you are either rejecting the name somewhere. The name of Jesus brings shame. <laughs> it brings what? In this world. Do you agree with what I'm saying? It brings shame now. Yes, now. Jesus is not celebrated in the world. So if you are praying, wow, Jesus, you glorify him. If you are, if you are thinking of Jesus and thinking of glory in this world, your mind is off. You're not thinking correctly. When you come into his name, men will revile you. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. That's Matthew 5, not 6. And persecute you. And say all manner of what? Now, have you, heard, you know what is manner of evil? You know evil. When evil that men say have manners. And when men want to, when men, devil want to raise men to say all manner of evil, it won't be one man because they feel like one person won't have all the, the sophistication, you know what I mean, to describe you in the way that they want to do it. So they will raise many men with different skill of manners. That's what they did. When they wanted to sentence Jesus, they gathered people, all of them, right? <laughs> there were many, many. Then they brought a thief on one side, brought Jesus on one side. They said, choose one. Right, they began to shout, crucify him, crucify him. All kinds of things that Jesus didn't do. Accusations against Jesus. Do you see that? Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Verse 13. You are the salt of the earth and all of that. Amen. There's another, I love the way Paul was speaking. This is Jesus, right? Jesus. So there's a way you can say that Jesus suffered these things, so we will not suffer, but it's not true. Paul suffered them. Let's see Paul's, let's see 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Quickly, I'm about to close, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul was just describing... Amen. Amen. Paul says, verse 3, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 3, says, giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not what? Blamed. Means don't be offended when anything is happening. Say, but in all things, approving ourselves as ministers of God, in much what? Patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, they are all plural, in stripes, in imprisonment, in tumults, these are all adjectives, or I don't know what you call them, they are nouns, but they describe experiences, in labors, in watchings, in fasting, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by what? Honor, love and faith, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness, on the right hand, on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report. It means you have both. 
You understand? Don't look for a good report alone and try and vindicate yourself every time. Now, no, that thing they said to me was wrong. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't mean that. No, no, no. It's, it's normal. There will be evil reports sometimes concerning you. It doesn't mean you are evil. But there can be an evil report. Amen. And what good report? As deceivers. Yet. Have you seen this one before? Yet. True. So it means that, and he was speaking to them and what they suffer as ministers. It means that there are guys who people can do case study on them and say, these guys are deceivers. See, the, see what they are telling people. See how they are, these, they are preaching extremity, deceiving people. He said, we can be as deceivers, yet true. It means that what make men term people as deceivers, you, can, you will see those things in us, yet we are true. One day I was reading something online and there were, it was a, um, amen. amen. I've closed my Bible. <laughs> Praise God. I was reading something online and someone was just describing something. He said, well, Christians are just talking that Christians have been taken advantage of all kinds of things. I now said that these are the things to watch for if you are in a cult of personality. Yeah, you know a cult of personality? Maybe somebody who claims something that he has, a, he has a unique revelation from God, and then people will follow them. You know, they will lose their own sense, all of those things. They now listed everything that to watch for, that people will lose their own sense of their thinking for themselves, all kinds of things, the way they think. They listed everything, the signs. If you have all these signs, and you see all these signs in your pastor, it's a sign maybe you are in a cult of personality or something. And I read that thing, I was reading that thing, I said, what is this? Then, you know what happened? You know what's now happened? The Holy Ghost now said, read those things well. Amen. And I saw that. I said that, number one, Jesus had all those characteristics. Wow. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Not just Jesus. He said the, all the leaders of the New Testament church had those characteristics too. The Lord began to tell me, people who I send, they have such characteristics. Men will follow them like that. But before those men will come, they will have sent many evil doers. Why will he do it? It's to create a phobia of followership. A distrust. And I said, what kind of evil is this? So you mean the characteristics which flock should have? Everything they mentioned in that thing was actually just describing flock. Flock. How flock should behave. Flock together, be tied together, have something which they keep, which they guard. They should have a secret. Do you understand what I mean? There's something, they're not just open like that. They, everything that is spiritually, that's a spiritual description of a flock, those are the things they listed as a sign to know that you are in a cult of personality, or your pastor is a cultist or something. <laughs> and now what they listed, is, there, is, it, is it unfounded? No. Because there are history of bad guys who came in, in the name of the Bible, said Jesus sent them, they are this, they are that, they, they will take people and bastard die, and useless on people's lives, and liars. And this reading Satan did that is so that when people who are really sent 
come into the body of Christ, when you see their characteristics, they look like scout leaders. But they are Jesus' shepherds. And I answer that Jesus also prophesied it too. When they were asking about his coming, he said, first prophets will come first. They will come. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? That's why if you follow the word, man, when Jesus comes, you will miss Jesus. When he comes, you will call him a cultist. Why? Because he wants to take your life from you. You say, why do you want to take my life? Why? Why can't you allow us to live our own life? You have to. <laughs> As deceivers, yet true. Yet true. So you see, a lot of ideas of church is our intellectualism. We are trying to, we're trying to force the church to fit into a worldly, acceptable stereotype. That is, if we are trying to let the church, to make the church manifest righteousness that is not of the spirit. We are trying to make the church look righteous to the world. You know when a pastor comes and says, ah, no, God doesn't talk to me, oh. I'm just giving you my idea. Go and think of your own idea. The world will say, wow, what a good man. He's not trying to make people, you know, draw people to himself. But such a person is a bastard. How can you be a minister and say God doesn't talk to you? Why are you there? Do you understand what I mean? A minister is someone God talks to you for orders. He will tell you things they can't hear because he called you and he raised you. But the world doesn't like that. You understand what I mean? So the wisdom, there's a wisdom we need to have about these things. Glory to God. Say image. 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 Thank God for his image. There's what you call the, the image of God. It's unique. It has no replica. It has no what? This, it's, it's unique. Amen. Amen. That image has its own sense. It interprets things differently. It judges things differently. The world will never arrive at the same judgment that the image of God will arrive at. Because what they are after are different. They are different. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Christian needs to become more in tune with that, you know, with move away from the seduction of the world and, and rather be in tune with the Spirit. So that he was an ear, let him hear what the, word, what the Spirit is what saying, saying to the churches. The Lord will quicken us help us. Glory to Jesus. The, the grace to, to only see the Son. To only hear the Son. To not hear any other. He said, my sheep will hear my voice. The voice of a stranger that will not follow. Of course, every strange voice is, is a voice that doesn't speak in, part, in the pattern of the image. The image of the Son of God. Glory to Jesus. Father, we thank you. Just pray. Let's just very quickly just Pray. Meshaniam Vasuria. 
Elverena Austin, Ebrentoste, Ebrentosia, Maria and Sophie El Cresto, Maliendi, Variendi, Variendo, Varendos, Mele Casa, Ele Casa, Ele Casa, Ele Casa. Mercy. Let's ask for mercy. Just ask for mercy. I feel strongly the Lord wants us to, to ask him for mercy. 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 Help. Help, Father. Have mercy. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy. Say, Lord, have mercy on my, on my soul. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Meshuria Faraso, Merinevasa Turientama, Emelecano Dem, Olegaliento, Embrasti Fielto, Emeridon Avaranasa, Mirelta, Erenalta, 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 Embata, Eta, Enta, Eto, Even, Oke, Ika, Ota, Isto, Morihe, 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 Memeranoi Karnos Amra Olishem de Menegeno de Meregeno Damaregeno Embrenega so de Keme Keme Mekeme Keme Kamo Kamiangamagomi Engamigimi Gori Megeala Magamago Setangri Supenene Oriana Ariana Oriana Ariana Ariana Oriana Orishande Lukami Kami Kamakori Kami Kloha Mangala Sostelio Ropai la ramasuri di me greve nege ke 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 me 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 rendo ori mara suriye tamaraga embriaga salam basto even on salam mama la ramahoria embriala mama 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 kata embriala mama 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 mase se resuso resuso rekeso rekeso ekreso suriye katiria. Ingrianso se viene vrata, remama cosa anca in poca mion che mi cata, mi cata me gruste, ingretosa, 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 embratosa, ambratosa, embratosa, ambretesa, imbreala mama mama mashuri taparieta muscere de geta, vivenavo si savandesa, imbriola, imbriola, imbriola. Embryola, embryola, embryada, emiga maga mika 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 maga 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 me 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 se se vire se sa ratata elionse evanosa sa oriata la masukere engratosa 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 engriosa engrenosa oh mishadiata oh thank you father thank you father thank you father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 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 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, the word says that no man had seen God at any time. John chapter 1, no man had seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. If the Son of God doesn't declare him to you, you will never see him. But these are the days of seeing him, the time of seeing him. God wants men to see him. But it will happen by a declaration. Begin to ask, pray to the Son of God. Ask him. Say, declare the Father to me. Declare your Father to me. Help me. Help me. I want to encounter you. I want to hear you. I want to hear you through the avenues which you have, you have instituted in your body, in the church, for believers, for us to have dealings with you, to hear your words, to hear your voice. Yes, in these last days, spoken to us by his son. Say, son of God, I don't want to be cut off from your ministry. I don't want to be cut off from your voice. Help me. Reach me. Locate me. Wherever I am, I want to hear you. I want to partake of your ministry. I want to partake of your ministry. Minister to me. Reach me. Reach my heart. Reach my heart. Reach my heart. Shine in my heart. Shine in my heart. Oh, brightness. Brightness of the glory of God. The express image of his person. Encounter my heart. Mianto ripacano. Le presosia. E presosia. E presosia. E presosia. O presosia. O presosia. Evanata. 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 Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Lord Jesus, we thank you. We bless you. We give you praise. We can perceive your mercy, the mercy of your heart. Father, this is an, a ministry. You just allowed these words to come to us today to call our attention back to you, to call our focus back to you. You are he who does speak in the last days. The Father will not speak outside of you. He won't speak outside you and even the ordination of ministry which is by you and through you our Lord Jesus we honor you, we acknowledge you all we are asking is that you will find our heart as a place Amen. where you will find safe to speak, where you will find safe to minister even by your image, we ask that you will begin to bring words of judgment to judge the world, to judge every contrary image every false image every false thing that calls for our attention, that even has even a message, even to minister to us, but we re reject every other ministry. We tune our heart even to the speaking of the Son of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your holy name. Lord, I pray, O oh God, quicken every spirit afresh and every soul afresh. 
We ask for let it be a retuning, a recalibration of our inward instrument to be, to be tuned to focus on the, to the frequency of the song. Lord, that as you speak, we will hear. We will hear. We will hear your doctrine. We will hear your precept. We will hear your knowledge. We will hear your spirit. We will hear your ways. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give all the honor to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.